Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Kicking out North Luna's way. Here comes Dayden. Scramble. Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. G'day guys, welcome back to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast, where we're bringing you a very special one-off episode centered around how to master the run home in NRL Supercoach 2023. The show is brought to you by The Standard Squeeze, helping you drink responsibly and conveniently. I'm your host, the Supercoach Brain, and with me as always is my co-host, the Supercoach Matrix. We're on the double. How are you feeling, mate? Energy level's nice and high? Yeah, good. I think I sort of held back a little bit in that last pod uh, because I want to talk about the guys on the on the run home with my trades over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think it's just easy to let us analyze, I suppose, the draws for each team. At least, like, if you take anything from it, let us mention what teams to look at and make your own decision and and pick your pods. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna throw a heap of options at you and uh, yeah, make some informed decisions and yeah, plan your own home because it's moving time. Let's uh, let's finish it off. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's spot on. I don't. We're not going to tell you exactly which player to get. I think we're going to give you a range of where we view each player. Um, and there's a ton of stuff to talk about in this pod. You know, we're going to be talking about how to navigate the final three buy rounds or buy yeah the three buy rounds around 18 to 20 we'll talk to you about how to get through that period which players you want to focus on there uh we'll talk about nuffs as well which is something that we haven't really talked about up until this point but we'll give you a rundown on when to nuff and, and exactly how to do it and what you should be even looking what at is there. enough for, yep. for those new players what even is enough 
Yep. Yeah, spot on. Uh, we'll also talk about which teams to target over the next month as well. They're, you know, we're, we're starting to look at teams come to the end of their buy period uh, where they've got no more buys left for the run home. So you want to be targeting those teams that aren't going to be missing games. Uh, you want to maximize the amount of games that your players are playing. And lastly, and probably most importantly, we're going to be talking about our top picks for each position. Our target players for all seven positions. That's a really exciting one for us. I went through the list and I started going, shit, there's so many people I want in my team right now. Um, so How many we'll talk about that. I've got, Not I've got nine trades and I want 11 players. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we'll talk about that, how we want our teams to kind of shape up as well for the run home. Uh, so plenty coming, plenty coming your way, a very special episode, but mate, kick us off. Cause uh, I mean, we want to talk about nuffs, right? Like maybe, uh, let, give everybody a bit of a rundown on what enough is and, and how that works. Yeah. So essentially you've got your, you have your cash cows at the start of the year. So you've got people, oh, at, at any time, you've got people that you brought in for cheap that you expected to go up due to an enhanced role, due to somebody leaving the club, due to an injury, or due to something like that. So essentially what you want in enough is somebody that's cheap, that's going to score a lot of points in round 19 to get you an extra number for round 19 and then drop off the face of the earth. So you don't want people that are going to be sitting out in the bench, on the bench at the end of this season because that becomes an automatic emergency nightmare. So that becomes an issue for when you use your VC loop. Say this week, every a lot of people are going to be VCing Nico Hines. Uh, you don't want somebody that's going to be sitting there on the bench scoring you 11 and playing eight minutes a game. You're going to want somebody that plays round 19 and then is never seen ever again. And I think it's really hard to, I mean, we're just so for anybody watching on delay or watching in a week's time or whatever, we're, we're just a teamless Tuesday for round 18. So we're talking about round 18, 19. I think it's quite hard to pick enough in round 18 for round 19. If you really want a, a player that's going to play the major buy round and drop out completely, you're looking at those origin replacement players. You're looking at your Tom Jenkins for t- Brian Toto type replacement player yeah. where you know that Jenkins isn't going to play any more footy unless Toto's out. So you want to try and find In which players case, when like Toto's that. out, he becomes a genuine play anyway. So you've made the right decision. That's right. But That's right. What what I think about you saying you can't pick it this week, uh, the prime example was Dylan Lucas. If you got him last week thinking that he could play a couple weeks, uh, play round 19 for you, guess what? He's gone off the face of the earth. Yeah. And we want them to go off the face of the earth. There's enough, but he's gone too but early, round 20. right? Yeah, 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 he's gone too early. So you, you miss out on that kind of round 19 uh, extra player. Now, if you're set for players, right, and you, you're coming into round 19 already with maybe 14 or 15, you can completely nuff out to a guy that's never going to play. So for me, the obvious one would be Jack Howarth. Yep. So he's a 2RF CTW jewel. Uh, he's never going to play. It's very clear. He's very far down the pecking order there. Have you had the amount of money that that guy's on? Yeah, stupid money. Crazy Yeah, it's money. like 500K. Yeah, insane. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, we, we won't uh, talk about his contract, but we will talk about what he's going to do for our team. And he will not be an AE nightmare. He will not have uh, – he, he won't be a problem for your team. And he's also basement price at 200K. So I think those are the things that I tick off. Um, also, another one's Miles Martin. So those two guys I'm probably looking at, Jack Howarth will cover center wing 2RF. Miles Martin would cover front row forward 2RF. That way then, even if they're not playing, you can swing them around in trades. And I think that's going to be really important to have that flexibility and that movement available to you when you're making moves. 
for the run home. So, do you think there's a bit of forward thinking as well? Um, let's look at Miles Martin and let's look at uh, Jack Howarth, uh, which is the most of, most I've mentioned either of these guys probably ever. But if you're planning on getting, say, Harrison Edwards out of your team a bit later on, uh, but you're looking at nothing, Ellie Katoa today, then forward plan that and go Miles Martin. But if you want Alex Johnston just to play round 19 or Richie Kenner just to play round 19 and then you're going to get rid of them, then, yeah, of course you'd be looking forward to that Jack Howard center wing, second row forward. So. Or if, you've, if you're someone who has a Jack Bird or a Connelly Lemuelu or someone like that who already has that two RFCTW duel, get Jack Howarth because then you can interchange them, swap them around. You can manipulate your sides when somebody has a buy in the two RF. You can flip them back up uh, to strengthen your two RF or to make sure you've got three available two RFs. So that's probably the way I'd play it, looking at my current team and looking at my future moves. Yeah, so I suppose what you're saying is let me work it, let me flip it and reverse it. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you get that from? I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Not many of them. Missy Elliot, a bit of Missy Elliot on the radio for you earlier today. I like yeah. it. Um, so that hopefully ex- describes nuffs. Everybody has a bit of an understanding on how to nuff. Uh, now, I guess the last thing to talk about is when to nuff. I mean, I'd say round nineteen would be the earliest. I don't. I don't really feel great about nuffing this year. Uh, I just. With the, it's been the first year ever in NRL Supercoach history where every single team has had a buy, or there's sorry, a buy every single week, and depth is going to be so so important on the run home. We've got teams that are running out of trades already. We've got teams that are, you know, got nine, eight, seven trades, and there's nine rounds of football, ten rounds of football left. So, I think if you're gonna, if you're low on trades, you want depth. If you've got trades, you can probably be a little bit uh, more tactical with it, but. If you're low on trades, you're going to want players and active players so that you don't get caught short in the run home. And I think and you, it's it's worth keeping in mind. Yeah, and it's probably, you know, important to look forward to when those buys are for the other teams and making sure that you've got enough players and especially having enough in, you know, those positions that you have, I suppose, six players in second row forward, seven players in center wing. You definitely don't want to be nothing at fullback. You'll cuckold yourself. You definitely don't want to be you know, doing the same thing at hooker or any of the halves position. It's really, for me, only second row forward and center wing. And maybe in, maybe you can move those guys to front row forward with four weeks to go if you know that you're not going to need those guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point, man. Good point. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk round 18 to 20. We're, we are just uh, kind of a couple of days out from round 18. So I guess the next three weeks are pretty important and they are moving weeks. So they're still. Plenty of opportunity to go up the rankings in the next three weeks, knowing that the round 18, Parramatta have the bye this week, and they're a very popular uh, super coach team. A lot of yep. players, Parramatta, are very super coach relevant. Round 19, you've got Broncos, Cowboys, Knights, Penrith, Roosters, Manly, and Storm all on the bye. So that's, again, the major bye round where you can probably get the most movement if you prepare well. It is the only top 13 scorers in that in round 19. And then yep. around 20, you've got the Dragons, South, and Raiders on the bye. So how would you, I guess, maybe look at, or maybe a better example, how are you looking at approaching the next three weeks yourself? Yeah, so I seem to have a lot of players from for the round 19 buy out, um, mainly being a Broncos fan and Broncos being top of the table. Looking at the Cowboys and the way they've been playing, I've added a few of those guys. And, you know, Penrith, Roosters, Manly, Storm are just guys that I target. They're front and centre. 
Um, Penrith have been fantastic. Storm have probably the best last seven games of the season. And um, yeah, Roosters are manly, uh, a team that's had a lot of teams that have had a lot of injuries and a lot of movement this year, which have allowed me to get a lot of players. So I'm actually in a bit of hurt for round 19. Um, round 20 is not going to worry me as much. I've got a couple South players, but I've been staying away due to the fact that I hate their round 20 buy, but I hate their round 26 buy even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll probably be looking at some Raiders players after that. So yeah. Yeah, good shout. I mean, we've still got some good options. We've still got ten teams to ten, sorry, ten teams to pick from uh, that are playing in round nineteen. You got the Eels, who are very relevant. You've got the Dolphins, who have a, a couple of good options. Uh, unfortunately, both of them are playing Origin. Uh, yep. You've got the Warriors, who are very relevant. The Rabbitohs will play round nineteen. Uh, you've got the Titans, the Sharks, the Raiders, the Bulldogs, the Tigers, and the Dragons. So there's a a lot to pick from. Now, yeah, there's nobody to pick from from the Dragons, but there's a lot to pick mm, from. Not at all. Not anymore. Maybe Jack DeBellin, if you got him, you'd hold him for round 19, yeah. but that's probably about it, I think. Um, I think maybe a couple of points before I move on to who I'd be targeting and, and we can talk through maybe some options from those teams. You don't want to get caught short round 25 to 27. And I think it, yeah. it's worth mentioning that trades are so, so important at the moment with the Broncos on the buy round 25, the Rabbitohs, like you just mentioned, on the buy round 26, and the Eels on the buy round 27. Now, for anybody who's playing head-to-head and watching this, Broncos round 25 buy is semifinals for your cash comps, and Rabbitohs is grand finals. So if you make it to the grand final in your head-to-head league and you're playing for cash and you've got five para- uh, five Rabbitohs players in your team, you've got Alex Johnston, Cody Walker, Cam Murray, uh, Keon Kalamatangi, Dam- Damian Cook, like there's so many good options you're going to get caught very short and be in a world of hurt if you don't have at least two trades to trade those guys out and strengthen your team. Yeah, I agree. You've just got to keep an eye on that because if you get stuck and, you, and you're sitting there with Luttrell, Keon Colomitangi, Cook, and say Cam Murray, say Cam Murray comes good towards the end of the year, you've just cost yourself, you've just done all the work and just cost yourself you know, if you're paying in a $50 cash comp, that's $1,000. Yep. So, yeah, you could just cost yourself $1,000. So, listening to this, making the plans. So, instead of playing overall, though, I'm trying not to get stuck with Parramatta players because, yeah, yeah because you can just spend so much money on those top-tier Parramatta players. I'm talking Mitch Moses. I'm talking Ryan Madison. I'm talking Jermaine Hopgood. I'm talking Gutho. Um yeah, those are the guys that you want in your team. But maybe there's just, you know, I suppose moments that you pause, just think about it, and maybe there's other options because of this. And maybe as you... Look at how many trades you have. Yeah, and maybe as you approach the back end and you're starting to get to 23, 24, maybe you can start to trade out a Parramatta player here or there so that you're you're kind of starting to prepare for, you know, that Parramatta buy in round 27. Um, because you are right. And, Anybody playing overall is not going to want many Eels players in their team coming. And like, namely, just looking at someone like Jermaine Hopgood. Like, there's been such, there's been the perfect storm for Jermaine Hopgood this year. Comes in, he's been fuck all, 220k or whatever he was. Rose all the way up to nearly 800k. If he gets a couple 50s or 60s in a row, it's time to go, Jermaine. You're not just holding him because. He's been a really good stalwart for the 
you know, for Matrix Reloaded this year. It's yeah, it's just time to move him on. Get a genuine gun that's not playing in those three games and and win your comps. Love it. Love it. So let's now we've kind of given a bit of a rundown on the rest of the year. <clears throat> let's talk the next three weeks because there are three teams currently that have finished their buys. The West Tigers, Cronulla Sharks, and the Gold Coast Titans have no more buys left. So from round 18 through to 27, their players are available, obviously, if unless they're playing Origin. Now, let's talk Sharks first because Sharks are the kind of flat track bullies of the competition this year. They love beating a bottom eight team into submission. So... Yep. The obvious pick here is Nico Hines, 794K, 97% owned in the top 5% of teams. So when, first of all, I want to caveat this by saying that all the ownership that we talk about in this episode is based on the top 5% of teams. Because when you're narrowing down and looking at who's above you or who's ahead of you, that's your competition, not the rest of the comp, not the person that's 150,000th or whatever, and they've still got random players in their team. And it's not really relevant or accurate. So we'll talk top 5% teams so that you get a good picture. Nico Hines, 97% owned. I mean, if you're in the 3% that don't know Nico Hines, get him this week. Yep. And there's a lot of places that we're going to look at this and we're going to be like, this is going to be a great antipod. This is a great antipod opportunity. There's a chance that Mitchell Moses outscores Sean Johnson throughout the rest of the year. There's not a chance that anybody else outscores Nico Hines for the end of the for the rest of the year. You need to own him. The person that I would argue might keep up with him is Nathan Cleary, and he's going to miss the next few weeks. So you just need him. You need Nico Hines. Um, now let's talk other options from the Sharks then. Uh, who comes to mind for you? Who are the guys that you would go to from the Sharks that you'd want in your run home team? Yeah, so I currently don't have Nikara or Molotalo, uh, but basically anyone in that back line. Maybe you could save a bit of money by having a look at a Talakai. Teague Wilton's been, I suppose, a really good stalwart. Uh, maybe if he just, I suppose they just keep being these flat track bullies. He just keeps scoring 60s, 70s. It has surprised me all year. Um, look, Nikara has those attacking stats. He's come down in price a little bit at 648K. He's probably somebody that I would, I wish was in my team. I think he, and we'll talk about our kind of positional pick soon, but I, spoiler alert, think he's going to be a top five 2RF for the year. I think you're going to need him or want him in your team if you want your strongest 2RF possible, especially with the fact that he's playing outside Nico Hines and they have a really good connection. You've seen him hit him short balls. He runs a really good line. He scores tries really easily. He also gets involved and gets involved in try assists. So not a selfish player. I think Nicker is a really good option. And and the price has come back a little bit from about a month ago, yeah. which is perfect time to pick him up. 72 That's average, what excites me about him. 60% owned as well. So not not 90 or 80%, still 40% of the top 5% of teams don't own Nicara. So and, and we're looking pre, I suppose, what is this pre-round? I know they're playing the Sharks this week, but there's a chance he doesn't hit his break even and he becomes even cheaper cheaper sorry they're playing the dragons this week dragons, he yeah. is on the sharks um but they're playing the dragons this week and he's got 87 break even if they just go the other way a little bit or they're just absolutely pumping him and he's not as involved he could become even cheaper in the coming weeks yeah he could do he could do it'd be risky though uh not picking him up against the dragons into the tigers so yeah I mean, you'd have to make a decision there but my, my <coughs> third one and the guy that i'm bringing in this week's ronaldo mulatalo I, I feel like I feel like he's a high 600s, early 700s player when he goes on a roll. And I think he scored quite well this year. He averages 66 for the season. Uh, 617K at the moment. So I feel like he's probably 
Could be even getting him at a discount, maybe a $75,000 discount or something. He's only 38.5% owned in the top 5% of teams. So less than half teams in the top teams own him. I feel like there's a little bit of a pod move there, and it's not a major pod by any means. But there's definitely room to move if you're picking up Mulatalo. Uh, I know you're looking in a different direction with Val Holmes. Um, yeah. But I think for anybody who's looking for a round 19 number, Mulatalo's the play this week. Yeah, and I... Due to the fact that his break even that uh, Val's break even dropped so low, that was sort of a cost saving decision for me. Um, Mulatalo, yes, I know his break even's thirty eight, but it's not going to hurt you as much as a ten or eleven, even if uh, Val, like obviously Val isn't playing round nineteen. So, yeah, yeah, bingo. Let's move on to Titans, mate. Obviously, the second team that aren't uh, don't have any more buyers left. Two obvious ones, David Fafita, Tino Faso, Maliawi. Uh, they're obviously both playing Origin, so they're going to miss round 19, unfortunately. Question marks as to whether they back up round 20. Maybe Fafita gets a rest because Tino got a rest last Origin. Yep. They're both expensive. They're both weights for me uh, until round 2021 when they're back. Hey, we don't, we don't <laughs> fat shame here, man. <laughs> they're both uh, wait and see, I might say. Oh, uh, <laughs> but they're both in the 800s. 840, I think, for feeder is, and Tino's like 810, something like that. Yeah. So uh, you wait for their price to come down. I feel like Tino, as much of a pod as he is, is probably oh, a little bit too expensive for was, a front row forward. I was so surprised at that he was only 9.6 ownership. Like he's somebody that I sort of thought that I was any potting, but nobody else has him. Mm. Mate, the other guy I want to talk about, and he's your boy, so I'll let you kind of go on about him. But AJ Brimson, pretty cheap, very, very pottish. What are your thoughts on on Brimson for the run home? So we've seen him play some really good footy and backing up and like averaging 90 or something, 100 through the last, you know, five or six weeks at the end of last year. So we've seen him play really good footy. The Titans are playing better footy at the moment. He's had... He got injured two weeks in a row, which has really created this, I suppose, price bubble as to where he's sort of dropped down to what I consider a false price. Like AJ Brimson was in the 18 jumper for Queensland. Um, He's a quality football player that's 500K at the moment. That's as cheap as you get for a 5'8 through a fullback. Um, Like I know Dream Buller happened this year, but we've never seen that before. Um, Yeah, I just think at his ownership, He's an absolute gun and somebody that I wanted to bring in for the for the road home. Yeah, I like it. He finished strong last year, could do it again. So and, yep. and obviously availability is the best ability at this time of the year. And he's gonna play one to two games more than some of the guys that have a couple of buyers coming up like the Rabbitohs. And I hate that sort of not getting a guy due to I suppose him being an injury risk. Um look, he sort of got through his injuries. Yes, I didn't bring him in when he did his hammy, but there is a big re-injury risk of the hammy. Like he sort of has got outside of that realm of being an injury risk. He's got a really low break even. I think it's time for him to come in. He's he's through that two week re-aggravation window for hamstrings. I think it's what 20% re-aggravation or something like that. Yeah. So he's through that window. He's through that window now. So we can uh, probably more comfortably jump on without the injury risk. Mate, let's move on to the Tigers who also have finished all their buyers. They're the third team. Um, I guess maybe the three the three options for me, the three obvious ones, John Bateman uh, has performed really well. He's 52% owned by top 5% teams. He averages 65 for the season. The thing for me is he's a little bit expensive for me. 
686k like that's approaching 700k that's like he's more expensive than Britain Nicara who I think is a much better player and a better option I guess the, yeah. the positive from John Bateman is he's playing in the middle of the field so he's getting quite involved quite a good playmaker does a fair bit on both ends uh I just I just don't know whether I'd want to go there personally what are your thoughts on Bateman I'm not reading into, like, I know that you've got in the notes that he's got a 65 average, or if you look into Supercoach, he's got a 65 average. But remember, he was sort of ramped up at the start of the year. Over the last couple of weeks, he's been a lot better and has had that ceiling of, you know, scoring a ton. Um, We're going to talk about somebody like IPAP coming up. I don't think that he's a guy that can score a ton anymore. I think that he's a guy that's, you know, you can probably bank – you can at least bank 50, you can expect 60, and hope for a 60 or 80 most weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that in my second row, considering second row hasn't been what I expected it to be this year. Um, and so I've went the IPAP room, but a lot of it was a cost-saving decision as well. It's let me bolster some other spots. Yeah, fair. I think the other one's Dream Buller, <laughs> who Dream Buller, obviously, you mentioned earlier, has been like the cheapie of the year by far. 711K, 90-odd break-even. We mentioned on the on the podcast earlier on the live for Teamless Tuesday that his uh, ownership is nearly cut in half, or probably more than cut in half in the last week since, obviously, he had that buy and he's topped out in price. Uh, 38% owned still, so there is an opportunity there potentially to go against that or with that, depending on how you wanted to approach it. Yeah. 72 average for the season, though. Mate, the guy is a gun. Uh, but we just saw him come off for 43 without Appy and, and Luke Brooks in the team. Yeah. So that that caused concern. And you pointed it out, um, how much Appy and Luke Brooks created for the rest of the team. And Dream Buller, this, what is he, a 19-year-old kid, can't put the whole team on his back. He had to get playmakers to provide for him. Um the Tigers are going to be bad again. I jumped off the bandwagon. He's 38% owned in the top 5%, but he's less owned outside. I still make the point that if you are 30,000th and trying to rise or 20,000th and trying to rise, I would keep Dream Buller, but I'd trade him out if I'm in the top 5% at any pot in. Good shout. Good shout. So those are the three teams and probably the best picks, I guess, across those three teams who don't have any more buyers. So those are the <coughs> players and the teams I would target up until round 2021 uh, to get through the major buy period, mate. So I guess there are some other teams that you can target come round 19 and round 20. And, and from round 19, we've got a number of teams here. We've got five different teams here that finish their buyers after the major buy round, which is the Knights, the Panthers, the Roosters, the Manly Sea Eagles and the Melbourne Storm. So all five of those teams don't have any more buys, which is massively beneficial. And then after round 20, you've got the Dragons and the Raiders who have no more buys. So we've got potentially, what, seven, we've got 10 teams here to pick from that are done with their buys from round 20. And then there's only another seven teams there that are going to rotate through their final buys in that period. So we're going to go and, I guess, next step, talk through our top picks per position. And this is why we're all here. Uh, because a lot of these picks are going to be, could be origin guns. It could be players that have just performed out of their skin, could be top five players in their position at the moment. But we've got some uh, spicy pods to throw in there for you as well if you were looking for that point of difference, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, and I love how you're starting at Hooker, of course, because it's at the front, and we don't have any spicy pods for that. Hooker is dismal. But the great news about that is you only need one good Hooker. 
yeah, I don't think you're looking at getting – you should not have two premium hookers this year. It's such a no. mid-position. It's like a – yeah, the best you're going to get. And we look at Harry Grant, right? Well, he's number one. I, I would put him as tier one best hooker in the game and probably the best option in super coach with the highest ceiling. And we looked at him, and on the weekend, he got 45. So you could pay and up 28 break even. He had a 28 break even, and everybody brought him in. Yeah. And he got 45. Exactly, which it goes to show that hooker, you can go and spend up big cash and still not get the re- the reward that you want, whereas you know you're going to get that from some other positions that we'll talk about soon. So yeah. Harry Grant's currently 603K, though. Like, that's actually pretty cheap for what we know Harry Grant can do. That's great value. Six, uh, 63% owned currently, so definitely not in everyone's team. 69 average for the <coughs> season. And I guess I'd probably say maybe you'd agree with me. The only other guy that might be able to kind of challenge him for the run home would be Damian Cook. The only downside to this is that Rabbitohs still have two more buys coming up in around 20 and 26. The storm will be done by around 19. And that's what scared me off with Harry Grant's fluctuation. Look, I'm going to look at it as a positive as me buying him at a discount. But realistically, what I'm looking at is you get an extra couple games out of Harry Grant. And again, I've spoke about it. If we talked about the golden draw of the Cowboys at the start, Melbourne have the golden draw at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout. Um, you said we didn't have any spicy pods, and this isn't spicy, but I feel like under 10% owned is is pod-related. And that's Jeremy Marshall King at 619,000 with a 65 average. Now, he's averaging more than Damian Cook for the season. The only reason that average has come down is because the last couple of games he's played has been injury-affected or he didn't yep. finish the game. When he's at f- full health and these AC joint injuries aren't really hampering him anymore – I feel like he could be the guy that might set you apart in the hooker position. Now, the problem is you're going to be waiting two, three, four weeks maybe for that. And then you probably need one of Harry Grant or Damian Cook in the next month. So What I I hate is like you say when he's at full health. I'm more thinking if he's at full health. Like I need a hooker that I'm going to play in the next four weeks. And yes, Jeremy Marshall King, forgive me if I'm wrong, Dolphins play round 19. Yeah, I would love that. I would absolutely love if he was healthy. I would get him instead of Harry Grant. But him Let's, after he's being, being banged up, yeah, I know. I, I also you you make he's a good been point, named though. other weeks. Yeah, yeah he's been named other weeks. Yeah, he could drop out. Uh, we know AC but, joint injuries. We look at Payne Haas last year that really hurt him through the middle of the year. Uh, same thing could happen in, in such a position that's really tackle dominant in the middle of the field when you're using shoulders and you've got a shoulder injury. Uh, you, you can't have much confidence in him. I think he'll probably play and then he just won't be himself and he's going to keep coming down in price. Maybe you can hold on and get him at a really big discount at round 22. But if I'm bringing in Jeremy Marshall King, I want him for round 20. The way I'm looking at this, I've got, yeah. I've got Damian Cook at the moment, right? And most people will have one of the two. You got Damian Cooker, you got Harry Grant. You probably don't have both. Um, <clears throat> well, there you go. You've got Robson and Marnie, don't you? Yeah. Um, so Damian Cook buy in round twenty. I can play him round eighteen this week. In round nineteen, I've got Reed Marnie that I'll play, and then yeah. round twenty when the Rabbitohs have their buy and Damian Cook isn't playing, and I've got two weeks to look at Jeremy Marshall King. Maybe the Cook to Jeremy Marshall King option in round twenty could be the play, potentially. Yeah. If I, I see what I most, need to see. I just think, like, and yes, obviously, 
by the sounds of it, you're in a really good position for round 19. If you're panic stations and you're not quite there and you've got 11, you probably didn't take Jeremy Marshall King that week before to get a number. There's no advantage to not doing that, yeah. um, apart from the fact that he's banged up, which still scaring me. Yeah. yeah. I can't Let's afford move. to trade him back out. I just can't afford to trade him back out. Yeah, that, that is a good point. <clears throat> A lot more safety going with Grant or Cook, for sure. Yep. They're the top two, mate. So let's move on to front row forwards. We've got six options here that we like. Uh, the top average or equal top average uh, front row forward, Tino, big Tino, 813K dual position front row, second row. 9.6% owned is insane for how good Tino is. I didn't realize this. Imagine saying you could get Tino as a pod in round 20 at under 10% owned. Uh, the only issue is my his price for me. I feel like maybe oh, Payne Haas you could do the, the same. Out. you got to bring the checkbook out. Yeah. I think Payne Haas we could were, do the same. But we were trying to get spicy with it and trying to say that Ruben Cotter could be as good as some of these other guys, and we were just wrong. Like, we've seen it from Tino. He's been an absolute beast. If he makes it through Origin and he's not banged up, he's probably the guy that you can confidently play in the front row forward. Like, I don't know if he's got a 40 or a 50 in him like most of these front row forwards. Yeah, that's a good point. We've seen we've seen a couple of hundreds from him and we've seen, uh, especially recently since Origin, he's just taken it up another level. So I cannot argue against anybody getting Tino if the cash is there. I'd just rather spend my cash elsewhere in more higher upside positions. But in saying that, yeah. Tino's getting hundreds. That's upside. So, And also Tino's upside is 10% owned. Yeah, and like I think every week I'm like, oh, I'm not super disappointed when when Taps or Tohu, and I know I'm probably spoiling some of these, when they score a 47 because I'm like, oh, they're in front row forward. There is a guy out there that's scoring 72. What is he? 75 on a weekly basis, and it's Tino. Good numbers. Very good numbers. Um, the obvious one, we spoke Payne Haas, 679K, so he's about 130K cheaper than Tino. Uh, which goes a long way in other positions for me. So that that he'll be my target personally. Uh, 62% owned though, very popular. And then obviously a lot of people are running the Payne Haas, Joseph Tarpany combination with 75% owned for Joey Taps, 599k dual position, 63 average for the season. But what we have seen from him is he started to ramp up a little bit through the origin period in the middle of the year. So I'm hoping now that he can carry that form and that extra workload through to the end of the season. So who do you currently have at front row forward? I've got Torhu Harris and Tarpany, Christian Welch, and then Harry Edwards. Those are my four. Yep. So yep. Uh, speaking of Torhu Harris, 604K, dual position, 75% owned. So, I mean, we're looking at Payne Haas, Tarpany, Harris, above 60% owned. That's where the majority of people are sitting. Uh, the only other guy that really sticks out for me is Adam Fanua Blake. And anybody who got on him, you, you can hold him now for the season. It's a fantastic move. I didn't go there and he got too expensive. 703K now. I don't know whether he's out of reach, but are you picking AFB over Payne Haas or over no. Taps or over Tino? I think the answer is <coughs> no. You know what? As a bit of a pod, I don't hate Adam Fanua Blake over somebody like Taps or Tohu. The issue is the 100K. The issue to me isn't if I'm choosing them over that. The issue is I think that I would rather spend that 100K outside of my front row forward. And you got a nice little pod for us? Yeah, I just, think, um, I just think Cotter at 570K, 
Like we've got all these front row forwards that we're talking about absolute guns to finish the year with. Um, 8% own Ruben Cotter, 570K. He's averaging 58. After he finishes Origin, he's going to be cheaper again because he's got like 100 break even. I just think that it's worth a look. Like if you're sitting there and he's 540K and you can't afford one of these other blokes, you could finish the year with Ruben Cotter and still do okay. I like it. And, so, I think it's, and I think it's just good. Like Taps and Tohu are like the same price. Fadil Blake's like 700K. You're probably just going to take Payne House over those blokes. But you know what? If you find yourself a little bit short or you just get sick of Christian Mid-Welch, you could just probably ramp up to Ruben Cotter and just live your best life. I think for me, I only want two guys that I'm going to have to pay up for personally. I've had yep. Christian Welch since day one. So I haven't had to cost it. That hasn't cost me a trade. I don't really want to have to pay up for anybody else, but Payne Haas or Tino potentially. So for me, Payne Haas is going to come in at some point and I'm going to run with the Payne Haas Tarpany front row combination. And then I'm going to flip Torhu Harris down to the two RF. I yep. That's my plan for the run home. Have you got similar thoughts? Yeah, I've got really similar thoughts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I don't really know where I'm going to go, whether it's going to be Tino or Payne Haas, but it's probably going to be dollars dependent. Hopefully Payne Haas drops a little bit over the origin period again. So, yeah. I like it. Mate, let's move on to the 2RF because this is where the pods kick in. This is where you can actually make a fair bit of ground. We've got four guys in this, uh, probably what we'd call our top maybe six um, in the 2RF here that are above 40% owned. And the lowest of the ownership in terms of what we would call a primo would be David Fafida at 58 k at 43% owned. The only reason he's 43% owned is because everyone jumped off from origin when his break even was 150 and he was 890k. But yep. for me, he is my 2RF1 for the season. There is no one that comes even close. Yep. And I'm getting in round 20. I did some cost-saving exercises because I thought about the fact that maybe I could have a guy that's, 400k and I could have a 600k as a second upgrade just by trading the feeder out and then back again and you know what also thinking if he's playing origin that maybe he could get injured or something like that so you know I could save a trade there but um a bit disappointing when he scored 120 last week 
It was, wasn't it? But the good thing is he's still got another 150 break even. So, look, if he has a quiet game this weekend and then goes away to Origin and then has another quiet backup in round 20 or whatever, you could see him sub 800K and you just pick him up there. I'd, I'm more yeah. than happy. If he comes out of Origin round 20 and he's still 858K, I'm still buying the bloke. Doesn't bother me. Me too. I'll find the cash. So he is 2RF1. You need him in your team for the run home. Second 100%. for me is Britton Nicker. <coughs> 648K, we spoke about him, 60% owned, 63 average for the year. Outside Nico Hines, runs a great line, so much upside in that Sharks team. I feel like he will be another guy that almost you would call a must-have for the run home. Um, Just the attacking upside for me really kind of carries him across or ahead of a lot of other guys in this list. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's plenty of guys, and maybe we'll point it out as we go down. There's some guys that you want that they're just going to be based at base, and there's some guys that have that attacking upside. Britton Nicker being beside Nico Hines is the premier bloke there. Speaking of base stat beast, Jermaine Hopgood, 717K, 81% owned, 76 average for the season. <sighs> what a beast. And and people hopped off at one point when his scores and his minutes started to slide. And then, uh, yeah, but the good thing was you swallowed it and just went, you know what, I'll get him back in. And a lot yep. of people haven't. Uh, 19% in the top 5% of teams haven't gone and done that. So, yeah, I think a lot of guys got rid of it, but they're blokes that are outside that top 5%. So For sure. So I think he, at the moment, the way that he's currently playing and the minutes he's currently getting is a top 4 to RF. But that could change because we don't know what's going to happen when Sean Lane comes back into this team and what that forward rotation looks like. We also don't know what happens with Ryan Madison when he's at full health, which is pretty close now. He's been back for two games. So it'll be very interesting to see Ryan Madison's role and Sean Lane's role when they come back in and, and what happens with the middle forward rotation there at the Eels. So if he drops down and starts playing less than 55, 60 minutes for me, I'm probably going to look to try and move him ASAP, I think. Yeah, and I think you just mentioned him. Um, and I'm going to jump in and talk about another eel while we're on the eels. Uh, Ryan Madison, 596K, still got over 100 break even, and he's only 3% owned. He's still got a 66 average. So to put that into perspective, he's still got a better average than Britton Nicker, um, and he just keeps dropping in price. Um mm-hmm. Maybe if Maddo starts to take minutes from Jermaine Hopgood, I might even be looking at just moving Jermaine Hopgood to his teammate, Ryan Madison, just depending how the role and the minutes work out. Uh, Let's just make the decision. Let's stay on this high-octane Eels team, and let's just see what happens. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I like that. Proven performer, Ryan Madison. You know what you're going to get from him, so I like it. Um, Before we talk pods, mate, John Bateman, we've already spoken about. So I feel like we can probably move past him, but I think – when you're looking at the two RF, he's got a 65 average and he started slow, like you mentioned. So, I mean, I think he's got a five-round average of over 70, 75. Yep. Good option. Good option for the yeah. run home. but Really good option. Let's talk pods, mate, because one of them is in our team. Uh, Hamole Ola Kawatu. Holy 8% owned in the top 5% of teams, which is insane considering he was a top 5 two RF last year. Yep. 61 average, which... To be fair, after the last couple of weeks, I'd say his average would have been low 50s before he had those couple yep. of big scores. Um, I'm I'm really still surprised how potty she is, but he, I guess he is a pod until people catch on. But I think the one thing for me that solidifies him in my team for the run home, I'm not going to trade him out. He'll stay there, is the fact that Turbo's out. So Turbo won't play for the rest of the year. And Hamoli Olakowatu averages 14 points more when Turbo's out 
in comparison to when Turbo's in. So I think you just got to get him in your team. Like he's a bloke that's mid 500s. You haven't missed the boat. I think we got him at 510 or whatever it was, but you definitely haven't missed the boat at 550. Just get him in your team because he just scores well. Looks like a gun. Like uh, last week, I just watched him and he was on, I think, 55. Anyway, there's 17 seconds left. Sorry. Anyway, he's got the ball. He's broke three tackles, got a line break, and then kicked it and forced a goal line dropout. Scored about 30 points in one play. And that's good enough for me. And the benefit is uh, Manly don't have another buy after round 19. So you get him for the full run home. No questions, no problems. Um, Another guy you'll get for the full run home after Origin is Isaiah Yo, And he is the pod of all pods in this group. Now, if you go and look at his last five scores, I'm going to try and find them very quickly. I haven't planned this. 702K is 0.9% owned with a season average of 69. Now, I think when uh, – where is he? Isaiah Yo. He'll be here somewhere if I can find him. There we go. Uh, he has his last five games. He's got 78 average over the last five rounds and 81 average over the last three. Now he's gone 74, 71, 75, 83, and 87. It's insane. Like the amount of work that this guy gets through. And obviously he was rested last week. He didn't play around 16. So he's had two weeks off. Um, I'd say he backs up again in round 20. The Panthers are in first place. So the only risk for Yo is that maybe he cops a bit more of a rest at the back end of the season. You end up screwed round 27 if they rest all their guns. Yeah. All I think is a comparison with this, and I know you don't have it in your notes, so I'm just getting wild with this. It's like everybody's looking at getting Paddy Carrigan, but Isaiah Yo is just a better version with a better draw of Paddy Carrigan. Um, I know you've got to pay up an extra 60K, but yeah, like you said, look at that draw for the Panthers and just how much better he is at Supercoach than Paddy Carrigan. Yep, for sure. Uh, attacking upside, I think, is there for Yo as well, being that ball playing lock. I think Paddy Carrigan is more of a workhorse. Um, it plays a bit more as a link man, whereas they rely on Yo a lot more to actually play make. Uh, and especially when Nathan Cleary's been out. I think he's taken on a little bit more of that kind of second halfback role um, with Jack Cogger. So I, I really like his AEO. Um, I can't believe that he's less than 1% owned. Um, so he's a he's a close watch if his price comes back a tiny bit. Um, Hudson Young, we've already spoken about, but is there anything else to add on him? 540K, 2% owned, 57 average? Just, I'm just waiting for this Origin team to come out before I jump. 58 break even means I don't have to jump this week. So he's going to miss two weeks in a row. And um, Isaiah Papali, we've spoken about as well at the start of the show when we talked about the Tigers' targets. So we can skip through him as well, but he's in the list. Uh, you've mentioned Ryan Madison. The last one for me is Eli Katoa. And it's a bit of a weird one talking about him now when he actually isn't playing this weekend. Yeah. Um, I still just feel like he's only 6% owned. He's 550K, 58 average. When he plays, he's on one of the best teams in the comp. On the right edge outside Jerome Hughes, who has lit it up over the last month in in, incredible form. I feel like there's really big attacking upside with Eli Katoa. He's shown that he can hit a hole. He's shown that he can do a good job on defense. I mean, average is 58, and he hasn't exactly had an amazing run up to this point. So there's upside of 70-plus average for the run home. And we've talked about the Storm having one of the best runs home. Yeah, I got sick of him. I just couldn't fuck around with him anymore. But... 
if I had the trade, and he is at a very nice price. He's got 118 break even coming up. So when he does play, don't jump on him straight away. Let his price come down. I don't think that you could get a much better player if he drops to like 480k for 480k. That'd be sensational. For sure. That's two RF, mate. Got a, I mean, there's so many options and we can't talk about them all, unfortunately. But if you do have any questions or if there's a player on your mind that you want our opinion on, drop it in the comments. Let us know yep. and uh, we'll answer it as soon as we see it. Let's move on to halfbacks, mate. And we can skip Nico Hines because he is halfback one. He's the guy you yep. want in your team. No questions asked. Get him in. Uh, the second spot is a little bit more open. Now, for me, there's three obvious options. <clears throat> Nathan Cleary's the most obvious. As your, as your Nathan, second halfback? Nathan Cleary is the second best super coach halfback. But Behind he's Nathan injured, Hines. isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. And unfortunately, with hamstrings, we don't know how he's going to come back. So for me, I reckon there's two other options here that people have caught, that they've cottoned onto it. They're not silly. Like these guys are 36 and 45% owned. But Sean Johnson and Mitch Moses have honestly been up there with Nathan Cleary in terms of scoring Cleary points consistently every single week. So yep. when you look at this list of Nico Hines, Sean Johnson, Nathan Cleary, Mitch Moses, all average above 75. Like, you'd be more than happy with your second halfback for the year scoring 75 average. You know what this teaches me? Just not to muck around with your halfbacks and your five eights. Like, you just don't – you can't have a second – 200k because if you've got any of these top four blokes you're getting 75 plus aren't you every week yeah guaranteed i mean mitch moses yeah i mean the, he's the up and down. Mitch, yeah he's got a floor on him for sure um but sj's is playing honestly career best footy like just a different type of 2011 type footy from sean johnson uh they're, they're all very expensive though and i'd say if you're in the hunt right now you've got nico hines and you've got either johnson or moses yeah, that's that's kind of your options. And I'd argue you don't need to change that to bring Cleary back in until Cleary gives you a reason to. Yep. That's what I'm going to wait. I'm gonna, there's like a 30% re-injury risk with hamstrings once they come back. Um, I'm going to wait for Cleary to give me a reason to go Mitch Moses back to him. Fair shout. One pod, a bit left field, is Matt Burton. Now, Matt Burton, 702K. He, he was the talk on every – he was the tip of everyone's tongue in preseason saying – got to have Matt Burton in at the start of the year. And then look, he started terribly, but he's come good. He's got a five round average of 81, uh, 62 average for the season, 3% owned. Now the problem with this is he's in such a premium position. And I would pick the four guys we mentioned over him every day of the week, twice on Sundays before I'd pick Matt Burton. I don't think halfback is the time. It's the place you want to pod. And like you just said, the worst thing is, the worst thing is his place for the Bulldogs. Yeah, like that's they it. could just get pumped by fifty at any given week. Yeah, they could. And the, and the hard thing is, naturally, he's not a organizer or a playmaker either. Like he's a good runner of the ball, but yeah, I, I mean, he's been playing well and he's been scoring tries, and I think that's probably what helps when we're talking about his score. So, I mean, you can't argue with an average of a five-round average of 81. He's been consistent and he's been great. But does that continue for the rest of the year on this Bulldogs team? Yeah, I'd rather the other four, personally. And maybe it's just looking at the end of the year and having... So, Mitchell Moses is going to play in the last round and Nathan Cleary's probably going to get rested in the last round of the year. Uh, maybe Matt Burton's just an option then. 
Um, because yep. save a trade, you're going to talk later on about saving some trades to uh, move up some ranks. Because I think Maddie Burton could be a play then. Yeah, you, that's why you need to have. I, me personally, I've got twelve trades left after this week. I want five or probably four for the final three rounds. So I think you're going to need them considering what you just mentioned, all the Eels players out, Penrith players are going to get rested. I mean, if, if let's say second place is already locked in and third can't overlap them, they've got a home prelim ready and set to go. So they'll probably rest their players there too. Yes, it could be absolute chaos. Yeah, I'm, I'll, it probably will be. So, I mean, Reese Walsh gets rested then and Payne Haas might get a rest. Like it could be absolute chaos. So have some trades. Let's move on to five eights, mate. For me, I don't know whether you agree with me, but for me, Cameron Munster and Cody Walker are the top two, five eights in the comp at the moment, pending Dylan Brown staying out for the rest of the year. I think he's gone. He's not coming into consideration for me anymore. Cam Munster's only 22% owned at the moment. We know that's going to rise. We That's yep. going to go through the roof soon. Um, Talk every, to any he, super coacher and tell me they're not saying, oh, yeah, round 20. Cameron Munster's coming in and he's going to sit there for the rest of the season. I don't know about you, but every single time I've talked about the run home, I'm like, oh, get them in in round 20. I'm like, it's a super coach let you have like seven trades in one week because I could use seven trades in round 20, I reckon. Um, it seems to be, obviously, once Origin's done, it seems to be the time when everybody wants to make their moves, which makes sense. It's smart super coaching. Mate, so let's we've got the two primos out of the way and I guess we've got two... One that's an obvious one is actually the most owned 5'8 right now at the minute is Kalen Ponga, 672K, 67% owned, 62 average. Uh, same thing applies. It's kind of like the Matt Burton Bulldogs effect. He plays for the Knights. Like yeah. uh, I feel a little bit safer with Ponga in terms of football ability, but I don't in terms of head knock history and injury history. Um, I'm a, currently a Kalen Ponga owner and I'm looking to get off relatively soon and just go to Munster. The Knights issue mainly hasn't been their offense, though. So it flows quite well. They just can't stop anyone from scoring against them. Uh, look, I do like Ponga now that he started playing fullback again. But I've had him at the start of the year. Got absolutely burnt. Uh, I won't be touching him again this year. The person you have touched is AJ Brimson, 7% owned. We already talked about him a little bit, but do you want to play your case one last time for, for Brimson? I don't need to. I think at 520K, like think about the things that you could do with the extra 250K that you have from not having Cody Walker. He could out, especially with the buys, like this guy plays two more games than Cody Walker before the end of the year. Probably doesn't get rested because the Titans are going to be fighting for, I suppose, positional ranks. Uh, yeah, look, I just, the more I talk about AJ Brimson, the more I want him in my team. And now that I have him, he's staying. Barring injury, of course, he has had his hammy issues this year. But I think that's actually scared people off and you could just be a happy owner. For sure. Agreed. Agreed. So that's 5'8". So I don't think we, you want to screw around with a 5'8 <coughs> position either. For me, halfback and 5'8 are two premium positions where you want four guns in those four positions, personally. So let's move on to the centre wing because we've got about 11 or 12 guys here we can talk about. Mate, and because no, it's such a open position. Mate, ask Phil. I have 11 or 12 guns in this position. <laughs> Let's talk about the first obvious one. Or actually, I feel like maybe there's two really obvious, well-owned guns that you want in your team for the run home. And that's one is Ruben Garrick. Two is Jermaine Asako. 
We, I yep. never, ever thought I'd be saying Jermaine Asako is a must-have for the run home. But once I his price it. drops, once his price drops a little bit, I want him in my team. Just, yep. I mean, the Dolphins have looked ordinary the last three weeks, and he's still scored well. It's insane. So, and they've been absolutely, it's been drubbings. Every single week has been a flogging. And Asako still scored 60s. They were down by 40 at halftime, and he still nearly scored 70. Yeah, nuts. Nuts. So Ruben Garrick, I think, is a must-have now that he's playing fullback at Manly. And Jermaine Asako is a must-have from the Dolphins there. So they're about the same price, 779, 788. A lot of questions have been coming in about Ruben Garrick's break-even, people panicking about the 170 break-even. Doesn't matter if you're not going to sell. So just hold on. I hope people sell him. And uh, the two decisions that we've been making in separate directions, I feel like probably kick into maybe top center wing three and four would be yep. Val Holmes and Ronnie Mulatalo. So I've spoken about Mulatalo when we spoke about the Sharks, but you're you're a big fan of Val Holmes. So I just think with his him. base, with his goal kicking, with his pedigree, you just everybody had him at the start of the year and he was a little underwhelming. But I think the thing was the Cowboys were underwhelming. He was still scoring well in a really bad team. He just didn't have those 140s, those 120s that we've expected. As soon as anyone got rid of him, he went and got that big score. I just think with his low break even, he had a 28 break even last week. He's got an 11 break even this week. At 750K, you have to get him this week. Otherwise, he's gone. And... What I'm excited about is the fact that not everybody owns Val Holmes, but I will. About 23% owned currently. Yep. Um, I'd say that will increase as long as this week goes on. He was um, 19% last week, so he's gone up 4%. Ronnie Mulatalo, 38%. little bit less of a pod, but still kind of in podish territory when you're talking about the top 5% of teams. There's more advantage there than disadvantage by having him. Um, but I feel like those four are the top four center wings. And if you can get all four, you're in a really, really good spot for the run home. Yep. Let's talk about our alternate options now. We've got seven of them. Um, now, Garrick and Azarko both have dual fullback. We're not going to be mentioning any of these duels in the fullback section. We'll do fullback only for fullbacks. Yep. And, and most of the time, if you've got a dual fullback center wing, you want them in the center wing. So we don't have to really uh, talk about it too much. But Joey Manu, 628K, 65%. Percent owned at the moment, very popular, sixty-three average. What are your thoughts on Manu for the run home? Because I mean, he's been moved now to centre. So I was actually looking to get rid of him, but he looks fantastic now. I've used his jewel over the year. I've had him in five eight, and then moved him back when I added AJ Bremson, which allowed me to get rid of a centre wing and bring him in. Mate, it's been fantastic. He's got a low break even now. The Roosters are looking a bit better with him at center than at 5'8". I just don't think he's a 5'8". They've mm. just moved around their best player yeah. um, or one of their best. He's probably their best player. Uh, one of their best players, but mate, I'm excited for him. Um, I think that he's a keeper for the rest of the year. He's in my team, and another guy that's in my team is Greg Marju. I don't think if you... I mean, look, he, he will be a, a probably a top six or seven center wing for the run home, but I don't think he's a must. Uh, I, he's yep. at 701k, which is kind of expensive. He's 53% owned, but he's got a 76 average. He's got the second highest average for center wing this year. Um, does that make him a must-have? I don't think so, which is why he wasn't in those top four players. But if you have him, 
enjoy it because I think he'll score relatively well for the run home. If you don't, maybe pot up and look elsewhere. You've got Nick Meany, who is another one, who's about 33% owned, and you've also got Chance. So talk us through those two. Yeah, so Nick Meany, I definitely wouldn't get him if you don't have him. He's been a bit banged up the last couple of weeks, but then when I have a look at his draw towards the end of the year that I – sorry, the count's at seven uh, that I've mentioned that. <laughs> I've just sort of – I'm not going to trade him out. I'm just going to keep him and enjoy the player that is Nick Meany. He's coming off a 40. He's got 130-something break even. Don't bring him in, but maybe target him in some later rounds because he's been really good all year. Um, Chance Nickel Clockstat is now out of reach. I'm sorry. You've missed the boat. Uh, just enjoy him if you own him because he is not a trade. He's pick and stick all year. He is a vice captain. He is a captain option. Uh, he is a flat track bully, and he is an absolute gun. Agree. with uh, It's killing me that I missed out on Charles, man. I've, I was so <laughs> big on him for like three, four weeks and I just never pulled the trigger. It was like one of those things that he was always the third or fourth issue. Um, I always yeah. had more problems kicking up. But anyway, that's fine. Now, we've got three pods. Uh, three interesting ones, actually. One's at 4%, one's at 10%, one's at 12% owned in the top 5% of teams. So the first one and, and probably the one that I'm a little bit hesitant about moving on but could be, honestly – one of the best options moving forward is Campbell Graham. 667K, 12% owned with a 76 average for the season. We remember what he did at the start of the year. We all thought he'd get picked for origin and he didn't. There's a risk he does get picked for origin three and we lose him for round 19. So I think everyone's holding off on that and wanting to make moves elsewhere, which could be an advantage if you took a punt on him. Yeah, I just, again, South's draw just keeps coming back to me. Uh, just keeps coming back to the fact that I'm not playing a guy that I'm going to spend 650K that I'm bringing in for the run home that's not going to play maybe round 20. Oh, sorry. He's not going to play round 20, maybe not round 19, and definitely not round 26. Like, yeah. am I going to bring him in for eight rounds when he's not going to play three? Probably not. And I think the question you need to ask with any Rabbitohs player moving forward, and the same with Cody Walker, is can they score the same or more points in two less games than the, the rest of the guys you've got options to pick from? They would essentially need to average maybe five to ten points more across the run home to actually make that viable. Yeah. So if you wanted to antipod Cody Walker moving back to 5'8", and you go Brimson, that could play out beautifully. Brimson plays two more games than Cody Walker does. Yep. So... When you've got a, uh, I suppose what we're trying to get at here is you need to look at the draw and you need to take advantage of players being available more often. And Rabbitohs players in general are just much more unavailable, which and is a shame. Now that the Rabbitohs have started to go through this little bit of a slump, it's making me a bit more hesitant. I think Campbell Graham might be the exception to that rule, though. Yeah. They um, love using him. They go down the right every time he's played. Um, they just feed him the ball. Which has made me want to look at Richie Kennard, to be honest, um, because he's there. But I think, look, Campbell Graham's still a primo. Think about this. You could go Alex Johnston to Campbell Graham at the moment. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Same price. Well, I didn't even put AJ in this list. (coughs) I will have AJ for the run home. I'm not wasting a trade getting AJ out but I will just use him on matchup. He'll be my fifth center wing for the run home. And I'm pretty set now in the center wing. I don't think I need to make any more moves, but I won't be playing him every week. 
Let's just put it that way. Now, two pods. One's at 10%, and that's Brian Toll, who I think everyone has forgotten about this year. He's got a 64 average for the season. He's at 626K, which is still kind of cheap for Brian Toll. I mean, he's on a good team. The only risk now is that he gets rested at the back end of the year and you screwed around 27. I think every Panthers player, you've got to look at that and go, there's a chance he doesn't play the final round. Yeah, there's not a chance he's not playing the final round. Yeah, they're in first. They'll rest him. They did it last year. They did it the year before. It'll happen. Um, <coughs> the one we're both interested in is Hamiso Tabuifado. 558K yeah. dual position center wing fullback. 4% owned. 63 average for the season. We saw what he did on the weekend. Two tries out of nowhere. Did it all himself. Started the season red hot. Probably was the pick over Jermaine Asako or at least level with him. I mean, why have people jumped off Origin? So are yeah. people going to jump back on after Origin? I reckon they I might not. So. I think it just turned into a massive pod. It, I want out of Alex Johnston so bad now that the Souths have been on a really bad run. Mm. And I'm looking at all these guys and like every time you say them, I just keep going across and doing it. But then I was like, no, AJ still plays round 19. Even with that 133 break even, AJ still plays round 19. Um, I would love to be able to go AJ to Hammer, but Hammer's playing Origin. He's not playing round 19. Uh, but yeah, maybe that round sort of 20, or if you've got another guy that's not going to be playing, uh, you can bring him in. I haven't got him on the list here, but we talked about him earlier for TLT, and that is Joseph Sawili. And I genuinely think he could be a guy that you pick up at 390K and finish 600K for the season. And you've got to take a punt on a guy or two like that around that price. Don't you're not getting them to make money and trade them at this time of the year. You're getting them because you think they're severely underpriced and can perform at a premium level. And I think Sawali'i can do that. You could spend 30k. Everybody owns Billy Smith. Um, you can spend 30k and go Billy Smith to Sawali'i and tell me he's not going to outscore Billy Smith. Like, t- tell me Sawali'i isn't a play. Like, the Roosters, I'd like to think, can make a push for the eight. I know, mm-hmm. like, we're talking about the Titans making push for the eight. We're talking about the Raiders staying there. Like, somebody has to move off. But, yeah, look, the Roosters just have so many good players. They do. They do. They're also not playing very well. So no. you'd like to kind of see them turn it around a little bit first. But, but let's move on to the, full. The opportunity Sorry, doesn't pop up to buy Sualihi for 390K if they're going really well. And that's exactly the same as maybe a fortnight ago when we mentioned Daniel Tupo, 420K. Same kind of thing. Yep. Pedigree, good work rate. Sawili, great in the air. Awesome on the wing last year. He averaged 57 for the season on the wing. Uh, currently, he's priced at about a 39 to 40 average. So there's there's big opportunity there. But let's move on to fullback, mate. For me, there's three real standouts. I don't know about you, but I think Reese Walsh is probably fullback one. I don't know what's going on. For people, when people are watching this, they'll know the court, they'll know the judiciary result. I still haven't seen it yet. Um, let's. I guess assume that he is available at some point for the run home. Yep. Still no verdict. Let's let's assume that he's available at some point for the run home. I think he is almost a must-have with the type of football that he's been playing this year. And he's yep. only 26% owned. And he's only 630K. Yep. See, that's 74 average. That's cheap. And, I mean, we're going to be talking about guys that have bigger averages or higher averages than him this year, but I feel like just the breakout opportunity for Reese Walsh could be massive. 
Um, he's shown it this year to start the year, the first six games he played. I think his lowest score was like 80. Yeah. He's like 140K cheaper than Charles Nickel Clockstat. If you're really worried, at 630K at the fullback role towards the back end of the season, he's somebody you could play on matchups. You're talking about playing AJ on matchups. For 630K, you could play Reese Walsh on matchups. Well, I you think could. I'm playing Reese Walsh every week he plays. But just if you're in that headspace where you're like, oh, Reese Walsh, he has a 20 in him, just play him on matchup. Yeah, don't hate it. Fullback isn't what it used to be. Yeah, don't hate it at all. Now, number two, the reason he's ahead of number three, I'll explain in a second. But number two for me is Clint Gutherson. And I never thought I'd be saying this at this time of the you year. You hate Gutho, usually. With a passion. With a passion. Not a fan of him as a footballer, I guess, maybe. Um, yeah. 893K, 57% owned. 80 average for the season, coming off 300s in a row. Like, he's just played out of his skin. He's been so good. And I think what's really benefited him is Dylan Brown being out because he's kind of stepped up another level and taken on a lot more responsibility knowing that he couldn't lean on Brown. He's taken oh. on a lot of the playmaking. I'm going to – I'm just going to ride him home. I've got yep. him and I've got Reese Walsh at fullback at the moment. And I don't need I don't know whether that needs to change unless Reese Walsh gets suspended for more than a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm actually in the market to buy a fullback. Um just not sure where I'm gonna go. I just think I've missed the boat on Gartho now. Yeah, nine hundred dollars <coughs> a lot to spend on anyone. So there are I reckon you can get more bang for buck with a couple of guys we'll mention here. But Latrell Mitchell at the moment is st- Latrell Mitchell's like top echelon fullback. Right, we're we're talking back in the day, and it's always been Latrell, Turbo, Teddy. Teddy's kind of fallen off this year, so we won't mention him tonight. But Latrell, eight hundred and thirteen k, eighty average. The problem is he hasn't played since round twelve. He's been off, and he's going to miss about ten weeks of football with this calf niggle. Uh, they say he's going to be back around twenty one. I still feel like I might not jump on straight away just due to the fact that that round 26 buys throwing me off with the amount of rabbitos that I own. But hey, Latrell could be a massive, massive pod for the run home. It's crazy that we're talking about Latrell being a pod when everybody all year just said, like all the talk is we want Latrell. Yeah. The problem is no one expected him to only play half a season. So that And if he's got to buy round 26 when you've planned your head-to-head finals... And then probably doesn't play like if they're in a great position. Probably doesn't play round twenty-seven either. And you're probably only getting him round twenty-three. Like, what's the point? The competition's quite tight though, as of round eighteen. So it'd be very interesting to see and make a decision <coughs> maybe around twenty-one, twenty-two when he comes back to see how far off the pace Souths are and whether he is going to be relied upon to play in round twenty-seven. Because then that might be a different conversation to have. Goal kicking, yeah. one of the best fullbacks in the game. Because um, we're talking so... about Reese. We're talking about Reese Walsh and uh, Gutho's definitely not playing around 27. Uh, if the Broncos keep going the way they're going, Reese Walsh won't be playing then either. Um, maybe a few of these other guys we're mentioning won't be playing around 27. Um, yeah, it's really good call. Hold your trades. Hold your trades. Now, two pods. Um, first one, Scott Drinkwater. He is Gutherson Price, 892K, 7% owned, 78 average for the season, coming off a couple of big hundreds. I can't I've believe he's one pe- of the most brought in guys this week. People are chasing last week's points, but 
don't get me wrong, the base has been there that hasn't been there in the past. Like the the big criticism I think of Scott Drinkwater has always been that he's very, very attacking reliant. And we saw that last year. He'd score a hat trick and get 70. So, you know, like I feel like this year's a little bit of a different story. And the Cowboys are coming good. So you've got to trust that they can continue to come good and they can make a run home for the finals and drink water's gonna be in everything. And I reckon he could be. Yep. I'm just not paying yeah, up I, that money. I think he could be. I'm not paying eight hundred and ninety K. I can spend when Reese Walsh is six hundred and thirty K, I can spend that two hundred and fifty K elsewhere. That's it. <coughs> last guy or second last guy, Dylan Edwards. Talk to me about him because we've had conversations about you looking at Dylan Edwards. So fill me in. I just I just didn't realize he was only 10% owned. Like he's safe as houses. He's averaging 74. Doesn't have that massive floor. I just think as maybe my second fullback, maybe just another fullback to, I suppose, complement the fact that Reese Walsh is rocks or diamonds. Maybe Dylan Edwards is the answer. I just I just thought he'd be higher than 10% owned in that sort of um, upper echelon of players. And he's only 660K. Um, I just look at the price. I look at that. He's not going to play round 27. Um, Panthers aren't playing round 19. But, look, he's going to have a good run home. I don't, I I think- don't hate it. We've spoken a lot about this player won't play round 19. This player won't play round 19. And and the reason we're saying that is because it's still important to make sure you've got a reasonably strong 13, 14 players for round four, for round 19. But in saying that, if you're set already, all I would be doing and all I would be focusing all my time on right now would be getting guns back in my team for the run home. Yep. Do not waste trades on bridges. Do not go and get a guy to get another guy. Don't go and get a mid-ranger that you, you can't really do anything with unless you think they're going to have a breakout for the final few rounds of the yep. season. So so my main concern, and using Jules, isn't Dylan Edwards against any other fullback because I'm probably sort of in on Dylan Edwards. My concern is Dylan Edwards is the same price as Cameron Munster. And if you have Ponga or you have AJ Brimson, you can just flip him down to fullback and then get Cameron Munster and tell me you'd prefer Cameron Munster over Dylan Edwards. Like I know I just made a case for Dylan Edwards, but if you've got that duel, it's not a conversation against another fullback. It's a conversation against Cameron Munster. Yeah, that's right. And I think we're talking about Cameron Munster as a bit of a pod right now at 20 odd percent ownership, but that's going to go up to 80% for the run home. So, you know, is Dylan Edwards going to increase in, in ownership? No he'll probably stay around that 10 to 15 mark. So he'll be a great pod. And if you can back Dylan Edwards in and Munster shits the bed or gets injured or whatever, and people are stuck with no trades left from around 25 and they can't move him out, Edwards could be perfect for at least around 26. You know he's going to get rested around 27 though, which is a bit of a downer if you're an overall if I can't, If I can't get – if I get Dylan Edwards, I can't get Cameron Munster. So – yeah. I suppose it's just everybody's going to own Cam Munster. I know that. I know he's only 22% owned, but he's going to be, what, 70 80% owned in the top 5%. The question is, can you antipod Cam Munster? I don't think you can. I think the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, last question here for fullbacks. I mean, Dream Buller has been incredible since he started and a lot of people have jumped off, but it's created a bit of a pot opportunity now at about sub 38%. I think he is. Do you genuinely think that you can finish the whole year with Buller and just leave him there? Tigers don't have a no. buy. No. He's going to play all 10 games. 
I understand. I understand. But with Luke Brooks and Appy out, I just don't think he's going to be as good. And if you hold him through that, you've better have a, have a lot of depth. Like, yeah, he's a great number for round 19. I get it. But you better have a lot of depth because I don't think you can play him every week until Appy and Luke Brooks are back. Fair enough. I well, I agree with you. I traded him out. So I do agree. Um, but, hey, if you've got him, I mean, you could hold until you get a bit more clarity about what's happening with Latrell. Imagine being able to go baller to Latrell and only have to spend like 50K. Like that, that's elite. So uh, I don't know my whether concern, he's as urgent a sell. My concern is with his high break even, we're probably looking at 160K by the time that comes around. Could be. Uh, or the argument for Buller could be that he gets more involved and has more work and takes more runs without these guys being in the team uh, and manages to increase his base. Who knows? Maybe. But we're both banking on that not happening because that's why we made that decision. So, Correct. Correct. We're using the cash. But, hey, uh, I mean, look, if you've still got him, maybe just hold him to round 19 and reassess so you've got the extra number for the major buy. If, if Reese Welsh makes it through this, Buller to Reese Welsh and banking 80K, Sounds like an absolute no-brainer. It's exactly what I did last week, and it uh, yeah. didn't exactly work that well for me, but that's okay. But it's a better um, decision this week. That's right. Maybe. Maybe. Um, mate, that takes us to the end. We've talked about, I think, 50, 60 players here. Uh, and, and again, guys, for everybody who made it to the end, thank you for watching. Um, hopefully, we've given you some ideas in in terms of the direction you want to take and the considerations you need to, to make <coughs> in the run home. Uh, we'll continue to bring you Teamless Tuesday. We'll continue to bring you the Sunday sesh every Sunday as the wrap-up for the round just gone. Uh, if you did make it to the end, we would really appreciate it if you hit subscribe. It's the way for us to grow the channel. And for, obviously, anybody who is kind of clued on to how YouTube works, we start to kind of get the fruits of our labor, I guess, and all the hard work that we've put in. And it makes us uh, – it gives us an opportunity to continue to do the pod long-term as well. So we would appreciate it if you can hit subscribe and, and like and maybe even share the, the pod with a friend or a fellow super coacher if you think it'd benefit them. Um, any last final words, Matty, before we wrap up? Good luck on the run home. Love it. Love it. Thanks, guys. Catch you later. Good luck. Cheerio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 